Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change like that. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Bin Teo from Team Growth. Now, I've known Bin for years. We used to work out of the same offices, and we've actually worked on a few projects together. Inside System Hub was also helped out when I did my book launch for Authority Content. He's one of those behind-the-scenes guys who has a very deep knowledge around marketing conversion optimization, user experience, automation. Really, he's just good at getting more out of just less resources, like really leveraging the assets that you've already got in place. I think, I mean, a great example of that is the way that BIM can work on doubling, if not quadrupling conversion rates at different specific points in a, in a marketing funnel. He's able to look at a marketing funnel, you know, from the top down and seeing the complete picture, then pinpoint, right, where are the biggest leverage points? And then focusing in on those, the ones, the areas that are going to get you, like I said, that double or quadruple improvement on conversion rate. And ultimately, this ends up just hitting your bottom line straight away because it's working with oftentimes traffic that you've already got. It's just about getting more out of that traffic converting more of those prospects into buyers. Now, one of the strategies that he's been working on at the moment, and we've just started working on together because once I've sort of started to see some examples and see this at work, I can just see it's a key marketing asset. So he's working on a system for developing highly converting case studies. Now, I suppose before I get ahead of myself, let me introduce Bin to the summit and then we can jump in and talk about the system. Yeah, thanks for having me on board, Dave. Really excited to share insights around customer stories and, and case studies today. Perfect. Well, I know there's, there's going to be a lot for us to cover and you're going to take us through from start to finish how you develop these high converting case studies. But I always like to start by just getting the, the guests to share the, the problems and the challenges that they see business owners have that this particular system will help them overcome. And then, then we can go through step by step how you actually do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So maybe just to share a bit about my background as well coming into, into this. I'm a growth marketer with a focus on conversion copywriting, and I work with many businesses on their marketing strategies, and I run you know, marketing experiments. I think over the last five years, I've run hundreds of experiments, ranging from traffic channels to, to landing pages optimization to optimizing sales processes. And what I realized is that after running a lot of experiments and testing different growth hacks and, and all that, I came to realize that the biggest wins came when the messaging was on point. So the positioning and the messaging was on point. So after consulting with businesses as a conversion copywriter, what I realized is that a lot of businesses don't really know or they, they have a very vague idea on who their ideal client is. So that's where I, you know, I started to work with them on case studies because uh, the beauty of case studies or customer stories is that you're able to pinpoint who your ideal client is and map out the hero's journey in terms of where they started, what are the pain points, what led them to decide to work with you, and the journey with you, and the results that come after. 
so that's the background. And in terms of the challenge that a lot of B2B businesses make nowadays or they face nowadays is that, you know, right now it's pretty competitive. You know, the, the landscape, the marketplace is competitive. And not only that, the number of decision makers in a B2B decision making, a purchase decision is increasing. So that means that sales cycles are getting longer. And yeah, if you don't have an optimized sales process, what happens is that there's a high prospect drop-off rate. So that's where case studies come in. And I really yeah. love them because it, it can show that before and after, which we know is so powerful. Like where was someone before they started working with mm-hmm. you? And then how are they looking now that they've worked with you and they've got the result? And it's that it's almost like, you know, you can stand there as a business owner or a business and say, look how great we are. This is what we deliver. This is why we're awesome. It's another thing when you've got someone else, your client or your prospect who says, hey, these guys can really deliver on the promises that they make. So it's it's the best kind of marketing, particularly if someone is first coming in contact with your brand, mm-hmm. if they're already in contact with your brand and you're looking to convert them. Like mm-hmm. it's just, and I think intuitively, all business owners know that they need these in place. I don't think I've ever had that discussion or, or seen a business where this doesn't apply. It's just a great sales asset. Yeah, for sure. And maybe one more point to add as well. You know, at the end of the day, when you're looking to convert a prospect, there, there are two factors you want to look at. You want to increase motivation and you want to decrease perceived risk. So that's why case studies and customer stories is so fascinating to me because if you're able to show a prospect that you have helped companies similar to them get results, that's going to increase motivation. At the same time, you don't want to approach prospects with fluffy promises. If you have something they can show through real-world examples, that's going to lower the perceived risk for them. Mm. And I know, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about for a little while. So I've engaged you to deploy this strategy for one of our clients. And once we kind of go through the process, I also want to end up showcasing that case study that you've done with us. For us, for System Hub, what we do is our, our mission is to get business owners off the operations of their business, so not working in the day-to-day so they can work a little bit more strategically and also ultimately build something that's saleable. So we were talking about getting very clear on that target audience because that's kind of no doubt be one of the first steps in the process of who is it that is this target audience. Now, we help business owners build up this asset of the business also to the point of where it's a saleable asset. So the case study that we're going to end up working on is that story of someone joining System Hub, going through that process, systemizing, growing, and then selling their business to a multinational and then kind of moving on. But it's maybe as we go as well, it'd be good to use that as an example and we can kind of talk through the thinking process that you go through to develop this case study. And then ultimately, I can even share that case study as an example that someone can work from. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, that sounds good. So how does it start? What's the first thing that you think about when you're developing these case studies? Yep. In terms of the process, we start off with the strategy part. You see, the, the challenge a lot of businesses make with case studies, David, is they just put together, clump together a story through a customer testimonial and they put it together and they put it on their website. So they might have a, a testimonial on their website that sounds really pleasant looking. 
but it doesn't really do much to convert a co-prospect who doesn't really know, like, and trust you yet. Mm. So the first step in the process is to look at a strategy. What I do with my clients is I look into their growth goals. I think about where they want to hit in terms of their revenue goals, as well as trying to figure out what the next step is in terms of whether they're looking to improve their sales performance or whether they are looking to improve their marketing conversions. So, so that's the first step right there, looking at that. And for example, if a customer is looking to do more paid traffic, you know, I'm going to dive in and look at what are the content pieces that are lacking, you know, where they're looking to enter, which market or industry are they looking to enter. So that will inform me on which clients we should pick for the, the customer story. So for example, Dave, if let's say you are, you're trying to break into the education space, what I would do is I would go to you and we would go through your, your client base and look at which clients belong to the education space and really enjoy working with you and can see the benefits. And they would be an ideal client candidate. So when we think, let's say, I mean, we might as well just run with that example that we mentioned yep, sure. right at the top. So from uh, System Hub, because we already had part of this strategy component that first got us to identify, hey, our, our target audience here is someone looking to potentially sell their business or, you know, if that's in the back of their mind that they're mm-hmm. thinking about exiting or at least building the business to the point at which they could exit. It's funny, sometimes when you're on the receiving end of someone going through a process, you don't always understand the nuances. So mm-hmm. what was some of the the thinking or additional thinking that we should be thinking about as we're building this case study for System Hub. I'm trying to think of some of the questions you had asked me and you might know a little bit better and that kind of will help me formalize this step. Like what are some of the key things that you're you're asking? Like what is the business looking to achieve? achieve and you yeah. mentioned that sales growth or, you know, we're looking at converting existing prospects. Tell, yeah, tell us a little bit more about how that works. Let's just start with the sales part. So for sales, obviously, if you're having a sales team, you might want to look into things like sales enablement, right? So you think about the sales process, you know, you meet someone with a, for a discovery call, then maybe you follow up with a strategy call. So if let's say you're having a drop-off rate in your sales process where clients are meeting you maybe for the first time and then they're not coming, they're not appearing for the, the follow-up call, that's where you might, that's where customer stories could come in. Yep. Another example could be if you're doing joint partnerships and you're having a lot of partnership meetings, but they're not really, there's a low volume of referrals coming your way. And it could yeah. be because your referral partners aren't that confident in pitching you. So that's where customer stories can come in and you can, yeah, allows them to understand what you do and also pitch you a lot more confidently. Yeah. So. I guess these are, more, these are more of the use cases yeah. that I, I ask my clients. And yeah, just understanding where the drop-off rates are you know, in the process, that, that's what helps me to figure out you know, where, where's the low-hanging fruit. That's good because as you talk through that, it just became clearer for me. I know when we were having the, the discussion, um, because of my background with the marketing, we're, we're pretty good at, at generating that first lead. And I know we're looking at using this case study for once someone's engaged with our brand, you know, they've visited the website and then I want to be running ads back to them to basically mm. remind them, hey, we are a solution that ends up getting the result. So that's kind of like how we arrived on on who that 
perfect target is. Are there any other things that you like to cover off in that strategy session? Is it about where in the cycle are we going to use this case study and who is are we looking to attract? Like who is going to be that perfect target market? Are there any other things that you like to cover off in the strategy section? Yeah, sure. So it really boils back down to your ideal client profile. So really understanding, you know, what industries they belong to, what type of companies they belong to, the position. Is it a marketing director? Is it the operations manager? Is it the CEO? You know, it, it varies for you know, different company sizes. So, so that's pretty important to understand. Also understanding their KPIs as well. What are they planning to achieve as well as what's stopping them? And also with regards to, let's say if you're competing in a saturated market, what are some of the objections that they would hold? You know, the vendor selection criteria that comes into play. Because if you're able to proactively handle objections in the customer story, that makes it a lot easier. So that makes it a lot, it reduces the load on the sales team. Yes, yeah. So I think, I mean, the things that really stand out for us, Mm. let's say for System Hub and this case study that we're building out, yeah, we're looking to appeal to the business owner. I want to, I like the idea of, bricks and mortar business, like the idea of this works in the real world. It's not just, you know, an online type thing. It's also someone who's got the an established business. So they've got staff, they're already selling, they're, they've got good business coming through and they've got that lead flow. And they're oftentimes just very overworked. And I suppose what we want to do is also demonstrate that System Hub is more of a complete solution. So rather than just being a a software, there's additional training and templates Mm -hmm. and it's more than just software. It's about creating a shift of in the culture of the business. So that's Mm -hmm. hopefully that gives you some ideas as as you start to to build this case study for, for System Hub. What's step number two? Cool. So step number two is getting the the client buy-in. So once you identify who the client candidate is, it's time to get buy-in from the, yeah, from the client. And the reason, so a lot of businesses stumble with that, this because sometimes they work with really large companies. With large companies, you have, you know, you have to go through legal, you have to go through publicity, there are different departments to, to go through and get approval from. So I supply my clients with a, a pitch packet. And basically what a pitch packet does is, it explains how, you know, different angles to pitch um, and get these clients on board. You know, things such as, there are different angles you could pitch, such as helping them gain recognition for their, you know, career recognition. And that could help them pave the way in their career. Let's say if you are selling innovation services and you work with innovation managers, uh, these innovation managers need to justify their budget, for instance, right? Because if... Yeah, I mean, that's part of their, their KPI. So if you're able to work together to publish a customer story, what's going to happen is they have a piece of collateral that they can show to their bosses. So that's one way you can pitch it. Another way you can pitch it is if they are, yeah, you know, being a publicity for the organization because they are doing best practices. I mean, you can position your clients as the heroes of the story you know, doing best practices, and that gives them additional publicity. So that's what the pitch packet does. And also it has templates as well in terms of how to craft the email in order to get the 
you know, the best possible response. Yes. So that's the next step of the process. And I know after we had chatted last time and then I outreached to some of our clients to try and find the right candidate. And I, I went for a few different angles. The one that I ultimately ended up going for was this particular business owner had built up and then sold their business and they resonated with the struggles business owners have and how hard it is because they're a business owner. They've worked at the coal face and no, I let them know that I wanted to, I suppose, provide some inspiration for that target audience, get them to share some of their knowledge and insights and what they learned across the journey and share it through to our audience to then help inspire and motivate other business owners to kind of follow in their footsteps. So it obviously, it always depends on the situation and the person kind of really thinking about the individual because some people like the idea of helping other people even though we'll be talking about System Hub and Systemology and the process that they went through, it's also showcasing their journey, which really is the business owner's journey. So, yeah, that was very helpful as well. So, all right, the next step beyond that, what's number three? So the next step is the interviews. So that's where I meet with your your internal sales team. So whether it's, uh, sorry, the internal team. So whether it's the sales people from the sales department or the customer success departments, to just find out, ask them a couple of questions about this client. What, what was your experience like? What got them to reach out in the first place? What, what event was happening in their world that got them to reach out? And what do you deliver for them? So questions like that. So I work with the internal team and also I'll reach out to the client candidate and ask them you know, questions that dives into their story, such as what was happening in your world when you decided to reach out and look for solutions? And why did you select, you know, like vendor A over vendor B? Mm. Uh, questions like that. And how was the implementation process like? Yeah. So the yeah. questions um, for the internal team is just to like prepare you to make sure that you have enough knowledge and helps you then craft questions that you're going to end up asking with the client when you meet them. So I'm trying to think, uh, yeah, that as far as particular questions, This is good. We might even see, I might even get some bullet points from you around maybe some of the questions. It'd be great to have a couple of examples that we can include in. And then also with the client interview as well, because I'm imagining, I mean, the client interview is going to be where you're collecting your most important and, and relevant data. I know when we do case studies, you know, one of the things I like to think about is that before, during, and after, you know, what, mm. what situation when you, were you in prior to doing the work and, and, you know, what led to making the decision? Then you've got the, um, the during, well, what was the process actually like working mm. with the company and was that enjoyable? You know, what, what are all the things that stood out for you? And then afterwards, the result, what was it like having experienced the result? Would you come back if that's relevant? You know, would you be referring people, those sorts of things? That's, that's a pretty stock standard testimonial. I'd love it if, yeah. do you have any other insights into how you craft them for, for these particular type of case studies or does it depend very much on the situation? Well, there is a, I mean, I guess the answer is both. So, I mean, I have a template that I use and obviously based on the industry and based on the client interview, I'll tailor it accordingly. I guess at this point in time, would you like me to dive into, I guess, an overview of the framework that I use? Yeah, perfect. Cool, cool. Yep. I guess, you know, just bear in mind the final product, you know, which is, it could be a web page, 
or it could be a, a slight deck, right? So you wanna you wanna start off with you know a compelling headline that really speaks to your audience. If it's you know maybe an operations manager, you could be talking about efficiency, cutting down on man hours, things like that that really grabs their attention. What I notice with a, a lot of companies, a common mistake that they make is they just put company name, case study, which really doesn't really hook a reader to read further. Mm. So the headline, can't stress it enough, is really important. Next, you want to go into the company, you know, give a, a 360 view of what the company is, a high level view, a bird's eye view of what the company is about, because you want to make it relevant to companies in the same industry. So maybe a, just a quick snapshot of what their milestones are, where they are moving towards in the future. You know, because I think, especially if you're looking at things such as expanding overseas, for instance, that really speaks to other companies who are looking to expand overseas based on their growth goals and all that. So after you get it done, then you dive into the problem. So what I like to do is talk about, introduce the key characters. So you want to think about it as a story, right? Where the hero's journey, you have Luke Skywalker for those uh, Star Wars fans. <laughs> He's the main character. So your job is not to be Luke Skywalker. Your job is to be Yoda. So you're like the mentor. You're leading them along the way. So you talk about the story. You introduce the main characters. So who, what their names are, what positions do they hold, and what responsibilities are they, yeah, you know, what are they responsible for? So that's also pretty important because if you think about who you want to target in, at the end of the day, your ideal client profile, you want to be speaking to, you want to highlight that you have done work with people in similar positions before. So that's pretty important. So you introduce the, the characters, you talk about, you know, KPIs, where they're going and what's stopping them. And also what solutions have they tried so far, which hasn't really worked that well. You know, it's not up to their satisfaction. And that's why they have this pain. They're looking for an answer. So that's setting a stage right now. And then they go on their journey. So you want to talk about what were some of the solutions they considered? Maybe not naming competitors' names, but just talking about the decision criteria that they went through. And then, so the criteria that they have, and then after finding your solution, what kind of, yeah, how did your solution stack up against their criteria? So that's pretty important. Notice that I don't flip it the other way around because you want to reverse engineer and think about how your prospects think, not think about how your solution is and then try and fit it into their world. So it's very important to have that sequence yeah, the dilemmas as well that they face uh, when, uh, when choosing your solution. So, so that's really important for uh, objection handling. For example, if your solution in the market has a reputation for serving large businesses, for instance, and you want to target more smaller businesses. So maybe in a case study, you might, say, you might mention that, you know, there were certain hesitations around whether this system could work for a company below the size of, you know, 50 people, for instance. But, you know, then you, you go on to show why that isn't really a concern. So after you do that, then you talk about implementation. So implementation is also a, an area that most people or most businesses skip. And that's critical because once they get buy-in, they know that your solution works. You also have to speak to other... So within a team of uh, buyers, you might have people in the technical team, the CTOs, and they care not just so much, not so much about the implementation part of things, but also 
So they don't really, they're, they're, I mean, while the, the value part of things is important, they care a lot about the implementation part of things. So it's good to also flesh out the story of how you implemented it. Were there any hiccups? How did you overcome the hiccups when it comes to integrating maybe your software with a legacy software or maybe transitioning from a legacy software to your software, for instance? So that's the implementation part. And then at the end, we have the results. Is it measurable? Is it projected? If it's done, if you're collecting the case study right after implementation, there might not be enough time for the results to show. If you are looking to to put out a case study, you might actually go with a projected result. So that's for the result part. And also what I look at as well during the interview is for sound bites that I can I can pluck out and put it and highlight it as a testimonial. So questions I like to questions I like to ask is what's the aha moment for you that made it all worth it? That making that made working with us worth it. So it's important to because these are the sound bites that you can format into a, a standalone testimonial. And rather than having a testimonial that just says, "Oh, you know, it's so wonderful to work with Dave from System Hub. He was very helpful." They go in depth and they talk about the moment when I could go home and have dinner with my family, you know, before 6 p.m., for instance. You know, that's that, that's that point that you want to highlight. So, yeah, I think I've covered uh, one, two, three, about six, seven points about what makes a persuasive customer story. Yeah, so we start, I suppose, you, you go through that, that journey and have questions around that framework and you're pulling things out, you're recording that session that you have with the client and then... The next step after that is basically taking it and then and moving it into whatever the delivery format is, you know, whether it's a, a blog post or something like that. Do you have any tips on on how you do that? Do you transcribe the interview or do you take notes as you go? How do you actually go about then constructing it? Do you break the post up into those clear sections that you're mm-hmm. talking about? And obviously, we'll be able to put a link through to an example, but it might yep. be helpful to go through a bit here. Yeah, sure. So just to, just to uh, repeat a question again. So how do I go about like with the customer interview? Yeah, then format the converting info? that after you've had the interview. So yep. let's say you've just you know, hopped on Zoom or chatted with them on the phone. How do you yep. then convert that into a post? Sure. So, so one of the things that we do during the interview as well is to let the client know that we are going to record it for internal purposes. So that also reduces me or the, the person that you hire to, to put together a case study. It reduces their need to, to write down different you know, note points and all that. Because at the end of the day, you also want to record and document the customer's version verbatim. So it's important to have that so that you can have a flowing conversation. So that's pretty important. And at the end of it, I transcribe it so that I have it written out in a blog format. But this is also more for internal purposes as well. I mean, obviously, you could take a shortcut and publish that. But if you think about the prospects who are going to read your, yeah, read your case study, you need to format it in a way that is easily digestible. So that's where uh, I use the framework that I just covered and then format it in such a way that, yeah, for them, it makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And then as far as like making it engaging, so when you start to then get it onto the website, photos, videos, you know, little call-out boxes or anything like that that you like to do to really, you know, make those case studies pop? 
Yeah, for sure. So that's a, that's a great reminder, Dave. Actually, what happens during the strategy part as well is, you know, we figure out where, um, what's the next step in the sales process. So for example, uh, you know, for a case study, it might be the next step could be booking in a 15-minute discovery call in order to move the prospect forward in the sales process. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you identify what what that is, and then you, yep. you obviously put that um, at the bottom of the post, or you you bottom put post. call to actions throughout, or yeah, I mean maximum two. Yeah. So one at the top and one at the bottom. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, um, and and maybe just to explain a bit more about the format as well, because yeah. you know we we have a executive summary as well. That's part of the the case study. So that's that's that usually comes in the form of a sidebar. So if yeah. someone's busy, they can they can scan through it without having to scroll down through, you know, and go into the rest of the story. And at the bottom of the sidebar, there'll be a button where they can book in a call. Yeah. And then yep. length. Have you found an ideal sort of length size, like number of words, or how do you think about that? Yeah, sure. So there are, there are three formats that I, yeah, there are, there are three formats that we work with. One is the narrative form, the format, which is about 1500 words. That goes in depth. You know, so for example, if you want to arm your, uh, let's say you're working with an internal, uh, a champion, you know, within an organization, and they have to pitch to different decision makers, what usually works well is if they have a, a long form format that they can easily pluck out different bits to pitch to different decision makers. So that's where the narrative format comes in. The second format that we work with as well is the concise form, concise format which is 650 words. So it, 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 it covers the, the bare bones of what happened. And that's also pretty useful for, let's say, sales reps. Sales reps who are looking to communicate really quickly with you know, the prospect. You don't want to give them too much information, but you want to give them enough information so that they know that you're legit and you can help them. So that's where uh, the concise version comes in. And lastly, we have the slide deck format. So with slide decks, you know, it's minimal words, just different slides covering, you know, the problem, you know, the, the journey and the, the solution and the results. So that could be, could range from 11 to 15 slides. Yeah, so three different formats depending on the, the use case. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So I feel like, yeah, we've, we've gone through the process on how these are constructed. Do you have any steps around when it comes to the deployment of or, you know, the measuring of their success or mm. making this a, a recurring process as well? Because, I mean, businesses really should be mm. generating these consistently and, and have it part of their actual process. Like as yes, you get towards right. the end of the delivery of the product or service, capturing a case study or a testimonial should just be part of business. Yeah, no, fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. And, you know, although case studies... It's part of the mar- it falls under marketing, but I see sales and customer success involved as well in this process. So what I mean by that is, you know, it starts off during the sales onboarding process where you set the expectation that if you do a really good job after the, the project, you're going to reach out and ask, possibly ask for a case study. So firstly, you have to bake it into your process that, yeah, you know, sales teams, yeah, for sales reps, it's part of their protocol to, to ask prospects this question. And also what it does is it also helps sales reps position themselves that, hey, 
you know, we are really serious about getting you a result. We're not just going to do the minimum and you may or may not get results. It's also in our best interest for you to get the results so that we can document it into a case study. So it starts off with sales. And obviously, after the client is onboarded and you know, they are, the delivery starts, that's where the customer success uh, team comes into play. And what they do is they document you know, what are some of the challenges these customers face. They also document whether they document things such as churn rate. Are customers coming on board and they're really excited about your product? And you know, maybe they churn after a month because you know, what you promised during the sales stage isn't delivered. So that's where the customer success team comes in and, and communicates to the rest of the team. And from there, they're also the first ones to know who your happy customers are. So part of the process as well is to, is to send out the MPS, the Net Promoter Score, just to yeah, figure out you know, who your promoters are. And then from there, uh, send out a, a request you know, for them to join as a client candidate for your customer story. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, I think, yeah, we've gone through quite good and we'll obviously put some supporting notes and probably the best thing for someone to see will be this live example. I mean, we're working on one right now with you, so I'm excited to be able to share that with attendees. Are there any final points that you want to suggest and, and you know, where can people go to find out more? I know we talked about maybe putting together a resource with a collection of of these types of case studies. So that way people can see, well, what, what does the finished product look like mm-hmm. and then start to imagine how it would work in their business. And then they can obviously take this process and, and look to try and implement something themselves or, or even chat with you directly. Yeah, for sure. So I've put together a resource that so I've done a teardown or an audit of uh, some of the most compelling case studies out there. And it's, it's important to, it's useful in the sense that it allows you to see what are the persuasion elements required you know, when you're crafting out your case study. Yeah, because even though there's a difference between industries or industries, um, even though the solutions differ between different industries, what's pretty important is the, the framework, the underlying framework. So I'll be, I'll be highlighting uh, the persuasion elements so that you, you can see behind, you know, have a look behind the scenes and understand why this piece of case study is, is uh, compelling and why this allows prospects to move forward in their journey. Yeah, perfect. And we'll link to it underneath the video. We've got it linked over at teamgrowth.co forward slash system dash summit. So people can be grab a copy of that. And then obviously we'll pop a link through to our case study as well. And, and you can find out more about Bin and, and the work that he does over at Team Growth co but uh, been yeah big thank you for your system and sharing today and looking forward to working with you some more yeah absolute pleasure dave thanks for inviting me you've just been listening to the system hub podcast remember we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now 